0: Welcome to Your Key to Orlando Real Estate. This podcast brought to you by the experts of the Orlando Regional Realtor Association is your go-to listening for all things home buying and selling in Central Florida. Our podcast is released on the second Tuesday of every month and we'll be bringing what you need to know if you're thinking about buying, selling a home anywhere in the area. Tune in for topics such as qualifying for a mortgage, staging your home to sell, considering new construction options, and so much more. Of course, we'll always take a quick look at the current state of the Orlando housing market and its influence on buyers and sellers. You can look forward to a new Realtor host for each edition of Your Key to Orlando Real Estate. Hi, I'm your host, Realtor Gary Balinoff Chair of Orlando Realtors Communication Committee. Usually we think of Realtors in the context of the purchase or sale of a home, but realtors can also be of assistance to those seeking to rent a home. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how realtors act as property managers on behalf of homeowners who rent out their homes, an arrangement that benefits both owners and tenants. Realtors primary goal is to help people achieve the dream of home ownership, but sometimes renting a home is better for your current situation. Whether you're planning on living in an area only short term, in the process of deciding where you'd like to purchase, or maybe working on your down payment and credit score. In these cases, you can still turn to a realtor to help you find a rental property that fits your needs. Today we have with us Kim Hampton, co-founder and owner of uh, Hampton & Hampton, and she's a veteran property manager. So welcome and thanks for being with us, Kim.
1: Thanks, Gary. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it.
0: Certainly. Uh, Well, tell us first, what what is the rental market right now like for owners and for renters?
1: Right now in uh, the Central Florida market, the rentals, we have really went to an online product where everything basically is virtual or a self-showing. We actually have a special technology that we use and we can have up to 12 people on a virtual showing and they can ask questions during the the entire process and then apply right online. Unfortunately, that's what we've had to go to there. If we have a vacant home, they can do a self-showing or sometimes we'll open up the door and then they can go in themselves. So definitely a different world we're living in right now, but we we are still renting. People are still moving, and uh, the market has been great that way. It's just a a new go-to.
0: There's still a tremendous demand, uh, and credit scores will always be important, I would imagine. So how can somebody maybe without a great score improve to the point where they can get a decent rental?
1: Well, a lot of times, you know, it depends on the, the management company or the owner of the property, but I mean, a lot of times I don't really look at the score. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a lot of other factors. We're looking at their previous rental history, their employment. Um, and if there is some derogatory information on there, sometimes we'll talk with the client. We'll say how they've got all these other strong points. What if we take first, last, and security? or something like that and a lot of times they will go with that because they they know that they'll be all right. They they've paid their rent on time where they've been currently. It it just it takes into factor so many different things, but if they usually can pay a little bit more making them as I call a little more skin in the game, then the owners typically are all right with that.
0: So what what is what is required to get the process started? You mentioned first and last month's rent. So I mean, typically Do you just multiply by two, whatever the rent is, and that's about what people would have to to have up front, or give us some idea of application fees and that kind of thing?
1: Sure. Um, Application fees are going to vary, but typically you'll see anywhere from $50 to $100 per person, Mm -hmm. and we do run a credit check, a criminal background, and a felony conviction report. Uh, We also do three years of employment and three years of rental history. You know, like I said, there's different credit companies out there that run different reports and different things, but for the most part, they're looking at all those items all together. A lot of times people won't just rule you out just because of one thing. And if they are a self-employed person, they have to provide tax returns. Um, if they are employed, we do need their pay stubs. Anything that makes the process so much easier, uh, normally it's about 48 hours to 72 hours to get somebody processed.
0: And, and we do need to let everyone know uh, there are different people who are coming from different parts of the country and even the world. Uh, who are renting. Uh, Now, of course, you're seeing all the COVID restrictions and so on. And so are are you seeing a lot of people moving here from other parts of the country and world right now? Or has it been kind of delayed a little bit because of the virus?
1: Um, I find that we've always gotten a great, um, you know, response from people all over the world that come here. It's like a melting pot, which I love. Um, But right now, it definitely has slowed down. And um, there are special reports that we can run on international clients. Um, That's why I think sometimes it's good to really, if you're going to rent from somebody, you need to make sure that that actually is the owner of the property or the property management company. Uh, So do a little bit of um, due diligence, really, on the front end. Uh, sometimes people will see something online and it'll say, oh, this is $1,200 when it's a $2,500 a month house. And it's, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll get into that, but scammers out there. So you really have to be careful.
0: You mentioned that because that has become a uh, a all too common uh, scam where people who do not own the property are posting things online. And with the online world being as dangerous as it can be, Uh, you have to make sure that who you're talking to is a realtor like him. That's correct.
1: Yeah, you really need to. I've I've had people call us and they go, they talk to somebody online and they want them to send them, you know, three months rent and they'll mail them the key and and all these crazy things. And then they'll drive by the house and they'll see our sign in the yard. They'll be like, wait a minute, that's not who that was. (laughs) And they'll call us and we're like, No, it's not 1200 It's 2500 or whatever the case may be. And then they go, Oh, my gosh, I mailed them all this money. And, you know, I've seen it a few times, it's not as prevalent, but people are out there. And right now I could see where, especially like you said, everything's online right now, I can see that that could maybe be a, a really bad incident there. So people really have to be careful.
0: And I guess you could mention that one of the things that separates a realtor from uh, just a scammer online is that we have to follow laws of real estate. And if we, we don't, then we won't have a license anymore. What does working with a realtor mean? Well, we have to uphold the code of ethics, correct?
1: yes and you know sometimes that's why let's you know check out who this person is because you you may be talking to the scammer or even i mean you do have some people that rent their own properties um maybe ask for their id you know um like a property appraisers website website and find out who the who the real owner of the property is and well. then maybe ask for id from them you know you, you just want to be careful all the way around I, d- I would hate to see that happen to somebody
0: One of the questions that that gets asked sometimes is, can I I save some money as a renter if I agree to mow the lawn or do the pool or whatever?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends. I always say everything is negotiable with all the parties, as long as you talk it out. You want to mow the lawn yourself, you know, that's something certainly could work out or the pool care or the pest control or whatever
0: one of the one of the things that uh i wanted to ask you too is kind of what are the biggest hazards that you see uh to tenants as well as landlords in being able to take care of the process uh maybe a horror story for us that uh you don't want repeated and, and that uh, would be good advice to people uh, going into the process for the first time? Wow.
1: The, the biggest thing that I see is due diligence. We constantly get phone calls from people who go, oh my God, I've got somebody in my house and they've been there for four months without paying. They gave me the first month's rent and then they NSF that and I can't get them out and I don't know what to do. And they don't really check out these people they really don't. They don't do their background. They don't check their rental history, their employment, run their credit, an eviction search, doing all of these things. I mean, sometimes I even look at social media, but well, not sometimes, we always do now. I mean, you you never know what's going on. You know, maybe somebody says they don't have a dog, but then you see on their social media a dog in every picture. It's like, hmm, you know, I mean? you really got to do your homework. That is the the hugest thing. And secondly, is the maintenance. I I find uh, some people call them slumlords or something like that, just horrible names. And they neglect the maintenance on the house. And they may not fix the AC or the heat in the winter or the plumbing or electrical. And if those things are really not up to snuff, and when they move into that property, you are in for just a, a complete mess. And they could call the code enforcement on you, health department, all these different things. It's like, do it right in the beginning. Don't, don't cheap things. Don't cut corners. Just take care of it in the beginning and you'll be so much happier. You'll have a happier tenant who pays on time. You don't want to go down that road.
0: Makes sense. To, to cap this off, I, I did want to ask you something that you have no prediction, obviously, for how long the virus will last or how long the... Moratorium on evictions and foreclosures will be continued, but uh, if you could give us an idea of what to kind of look forward to when that is finally lifted, what happens then? In other words, there have been a lot of questions that I get all the time, and I'm sure you get from people that say, "Well, now I've lost my job. Now, what responsibilities do I have? And you know, how how do I how do I make up for lost time?"
1: I do want to share with everybody. We, we are about 95 to 97% collection wise, Mm
0: -hmm. uh, which
1: has been really strong. Mm -hmm. And I can share that really across the market. That's what I've been hearing from my, my friends across the United States with property management companies. So that's been a really positive note. Um, has that really been held up by, uh, you know, the government and, you know, giving them monies? Uh, Probably. Um, we always say to ourselves, when's the other shoe going to drop? You know, like you said, you know, you don't know. You don't have your crystal ball. Most of our tenants are paying. There are a few that have worked out payment plans, and there are a few that have not, that just ignore you. I think we may go another 30 days. That's my prediction. Uh, Right now, we're until the end of July, beginning of August, is the moratorium on evictions. I, I foresee that that probably will go another 30 days because of where we're at right now in the pandemic and, our numbers here in Florida. All I can say is that we our owners have been really great about working out payment plans with people. I'm not here to evict people. That's not what I want to do. Um I think that would be horrible in what we've got going on right now. On the other hand, it's also horrible for owners too. They still have their mortgage and their taxes and their insurance and maintenance and and all these other things. So all we can do is try to all help each other, but I do see it going another 30 days beyond that till the end of August.
0: Fair enough. And, and uh, anything that you, you wanted to say to kind of wrap things up to, to give uh, positive advice to people moving forward?
1: I will tell you that our, our market is tight on properties right now. So rents have not gone down. Prices have not gone down. I work with investors every on buying multifamily properties. Still a hot market. I don't know what you see, Gary, but we work all the way across central Florida, and it's been it's been really interesting. There's still a lot of people out there with a lot of money, so I, I think it's still a great time to buy. so help help out some of those other renters, so you've got a lot of people out there renting. buy Buy some rental properties. That's what I say.:
0: Fair enough. Well, we appreciate you being with us today, Kim Hansen.
1: Sure, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: If there's one thing a realtor believes, it's this. There is no place
1: safer than home. As licensed professionals bound by a code of ethics, we've always protected your safety and your interests. Now, we're protecting your health as well, with new protocols for things like meetings and in-person showings. So if you're looking to buy or sell a home, don't take chances. Trust an Orlando
0: Realtor to keep you
1: safe. Learn more
0: at orlandorealtors.com. I'm sure all our listeners, whether you're in the process of buying or selling a house or thinking about getting started down that path, continue to have concerns about the Orlando real estate market as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. It's important to remember that we're in a global pandemic, not a real estate recession. Orlando is a vibrant destination and high demand for new residents, international home buyers, investors, and so on. While we know that we're in for a short-term decline in activity, We're confident in the long-term strength of Orlando's real estate market. Now for the numbers. The month of June marks our third month to show an expected decrease in sales due to the COVID-19 pandemic. A total of 3,103 homes sold during the month, a tally that is 9% less than June of last year. Despite the decrease in sales, home prices in Orlando continue to rise. The median price of an Orlando home sold in June was $265,900, which is a 6% increase compared to last year. Inventory continues to be a challenge for Orlando home buyers attributed in part to a decline in new listings. Compared to June 2019, the number of homes on the market decreased by 19%. There are currently 6,557 homes listed for sale in the greater Orlando area. Our housing market numbers are provided by the Orlando Regional Realtor Association. Visit orlandorealtors.com for more information. Our thanks to Kim Meredith Hampton, veteran property manager and co-owner of Hampton & Hampton. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, go to orlandorealtors.com for information. You can also find a realtor today or browse properties in the Orlando area. Don't forget that a buyer's consultation with a realtor is free and using their expertise will keep the buyer or seller informed with how the market is changing. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Your Key to Orlando Real Estate. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate and review Your Key to Orlando Real Estate And tune in for episodes on the second Tuesday of every month.